This is Yemen News. I'm Alex Williams. Today we have the pleasure of having Nasser Rabeh with us. He's a Yemeni journalist, political analyst, filmmaker, and speaker. He has done in-depth reporting about Yemen for local, regional, and international media, and he's the founder and president of Yemen Alan for Media Productions, where he has produced films such as Life After Guantanamo, Dirty Wars, Death of a Prisoner, and The Oath. It's great to have you here on the podcast. You know, please go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit how you became a reporter and a filmmaker in a country like Yemen. Uh, I'm Nasser Ali. I'm a journalist. And um, I've been working in journalism for about um, 20 years now. I started with um, local uh, newspapers like Yemen Observer. And then... Uh, I uh, worked with the Gulf News, the Dubai-based Gulf News, and then Al-Haram Weekly, the Cairo-based Al-Haram Weekly. Uh, and uh, then in 2002, exactly, in 2007, after seven years, uh, uh, after I started, I started also to uh, work with the international news papers like um, the um, uh, New York Times and uh, other uh, Western outlets. For the filmmaking, it was a story um, because um, because of um, I had a, an American friend who was um, a filmmaker called uh, Laura Burgess, who is now very famous. Um, she came here to make an, in 2005 she came here to make a, a film about uh, John Tanamo the tennis and I worked with her I worked with her for three years here in Yemen on, on, on one film for three years on one film well let me let me pause and, you uh, I was just... Nasad let me pause you there I want to go back to the reporting side of things I know reporting is very difficult in Yemen uh, you know, I understand from the Media Freedom Observatory that there were 44 reporters that had been killed since 2014. Uh, what can you tell me about these 44 reporters? Did you know any of them? Yes, I know. I know uh, many, uh, many of them, not uh, not some of them. Uh, but let me just tell you something, that what you're talking about, you seem to be talking about just one period. That is the period of the Saudi Emirati aggression from 2005. I call it Saudi Emirati aggression on Yemen. This is something else. This is, this is an aggression. This is a problem. Uh, it's uh, completely different. We can't talk about it, of course, but it's completely different from what I can talk also about the period before this time. So go ahead. I know many of them, including the, the chairman of our um, uh, Yemen Media Union, who was bombed by H-16 while he was sleeping in his house here in Farah with all members of his family. Wow, that's hard. Three of them killed. Three of them killed, and he survived miraculously. That's amazing. That's horrible to hear, but yeah, that's amazing. He survived. Yes, he's now. We call him the living martyr. He's my friend. We are working together. And I call him, and everybody is calling him, 
the living martyr. Shahid al Hay. Exactly, Shahid al Hay. Yes. And and this was during which period that he was uh, his house was uh, bombarded? In 2017. Okay. Uh, 2018. 2018. Yes. Wow. So that was not too long ago. Here in Sana'a, Abdullah Sabri. His name is Abdullah Sabri. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, that's that's really horrible to hear. Yeah, let me ask you a question on the the reporting on the about fifteen people. About fifteen people were killed. Fifteen people were killed and injured in the same place, and uh, because many houses were uh, either completely destroyed or uh, partially done. What area? What area of Sanaa was this in? This is in Hail 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 area in the in the in the in the northern part of it, uh, nearby the Sanaa University. Right. I mean, I know now that, you know, with the COVID-19 reporting that comes out every day, can you explain to me a little bit why we're not getting the full picture uh, of these reporting? Often we get only part reporting. We're not getting a lot of the reporting from the uh, areas that are controlled by the by the Hosis. Very, very, actually, because we have something that is even worse than COVID-19. That is the Saudi-Emirati aggression on Yemen that is being backed by the United States and UK and France. So uh, this is why we are, I mean, we we, we don't see it as a big kill for for most being destroyed. So it, it doesn't make a lot of difference. This is, this is why you are not hearing a lot about COVID-19 in Yemen. Okay, so you're saying that the, 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 I mean, of course, I mean, the biggest issue, you know, is the current war inside of Yemen that's that's happening. But the lack of reporting on COVID-19, you know, very minimal reporting, isn't that concerning? It is concerning, of course. It is a problem. Uh, it is a problem, uh, adding to a problem, of course. And a catastrophe, uh, to, a, to a catastrophe, of course, no, uh, no one denies this. But um, as I told you, this is something that you can't control. This is something that you can't you can't say anything about it. But you know, the the aggression is. We know people who we know the people who are killing us. We know the people who are destroying us, and we know why. But we can't do anything. The United States is supporting them and giving them the green light and uh, helping them and uh, and saying nothing. So this is why we are, we, we, I mean, we just don't care. Right. But do you feel that there's, is there a lack of capacity also in testing for COVID-19? No, you can imagine. If the Saudi Emirati aggression on Yemen destroyed the health system deliberately over five years, so what is left to test? What is left to test people? What is left to to do anything about coronavirus, nothing. Right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, you've also been, like you said, you were involved in a lot of filmmaking. You spent, you were going into it a little bit. You spent three years working on this film, you know, called The Oath. Uh, you know, what, what, what was your, you know, interest in this film? Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? My interest, to be honest with you, my interest came from the interest of the filmmaker. The director, Laura Whiteley, the American filmmaker. So I was just a producer there, but 
in the because I I I she's an American and I'm Yemeni. I rather be in than be out here in Yemen. So I I did everything for her. I said I um, coordinated. I did everything that she needed in in South and North and West and East everywhere in Yemen. And it took that long time because it was very difficult. And and the issue of Yontanama Detainee was very 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 sensitive because you know we were not allowed to do anything. You know, security people were following us all the time. Uh, but we did everything, and we made that film. Right. I mean, I know that one of the films was about Adnan. I know that one of the films was about Adnan Farhan Abdul Latif, who was uh, who died in Guantanamo in 2012, and he was actually recommended to be transferred. You know, do you feel that what happened to him? Uh, you know, would cause his family to be more prone to extremism, you know, as Yemeni is a tribal culture? Or what do you feel about that? Yes, I feel very bad for them and for the United States. And for, because I know the father, the brother, the sister, the mother, and everyone. I, I, I visited their house many, many times with American lawyers and with the, with the director of the film, many times. And this is why at the end, at the end, at the end of the day, we, we made that film because, you know, we, we, we followed the case from the very beginning. And we tried to, 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 to get him out because he, he was very, he was completely innocent. He did nothing. He just, he just went to Pakistan only to, 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 uh, for, for, um, for, for uh, medical uh, check. Nothing more. And uh, the effect, um, about uh, his, 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 um, condition and his um, his case and his health was deteriorating so much and uh, at the end of the day he you know he he ends up with uh, with killing himself when we, when we handed him as a as a as a cop as a cop as a dead body we just wanted to to complete our our mission our uh, uh, you know uh, what we started from the beginning Right. He also, in the documentary Life, Life After Guantanamo, you featured uh, Muhammad Udaini. He was also never charged for any crimes. What was it like for working on that piece, you know? Yes, he went only to, Muhammad was, I went only to, you know, but he was lucky, you know, Muhammad Udaini was lucky because he, he, he at the end, he, he was, he was released. And he came here and he, he got married and he, he told me he, he, he was okay. Maybe he's the only one who, 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 came, uh, who came back and um, um, started to start uh, normal life or told us he, he would start normal life. And I think he, he did. Right. I mean, also Ahmed Nasser al-Bahri, I mean... He also the bodyguard of Osama bin Laden. I mean, one of them. I mean, how do you feel that they assimilated back into society? Nasser was, um, you know, because he did a lot of things. He covered a lot of things, and but then um, um, he integrated. He integrated into the society, um, um, uh, and um, uh, he was only then making interviews with journalists, and um, but. Um, for me, I we uh, we worked with him because he was the main character of the of our film. This is why we uh, we worked with him a lot. 
Um, but now he, 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 he is dead now, of course. If you want, uh, if you, if you, if you don't know, he is dead now. How did he? How did he pass away? Uh, just uh, he just succumbed to um, to uh, diabetes he had. Diabetes at the origin of this war. Right. Two thousand six. Two thousand sixteen. I mean, I understand that there's still like 40 detainees in Guantanamo and probably, I think, 14 of them are in Yemen. Are you following any of their stories? Have you, you know... Uh, we are now, you know, there is no that thing. You know, after, after, after Trump came to office, um, there is no, you know, we are not being allowed to talk, we are not being allowed to write, we are not... Uh, we are, nobody is... Uh, is, is 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 being allowed to do anything. So um, for, and for me, from my side, I mean, because we are we are you know we are busy with other things, you know. But uh, uh, some lawyers are still uh, in contact with me, and they they want to do something because there are also people who are also innocent there. But because of Trump ban, they couldn't do anything. But you do think it's important to tell the stories of these... I mean, there's at least 14 men that are Yemeni there. You still feel it's important to tell their story? Yes, there are, there are um, now, uh, about, um, uh, about uh, the, the, the Yemenis. Most of them are Yemenis now. Um, but there are uh, uh, about five Yemenis who are, uh, who are labeled as very dangerous people. We are not talking about these people. We are, we are talking about the, the innocent people. The innocent are also about 13 or 12 uh, who need to be released or to, to Yemen or to any other country. Because it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. So what is it, what is it like to, to sit with men who are in any way associated with, uh, with, with AQAP? I mean, can you tell me a little, anything about that? Sometimes it was very dangerous for us. And sometimes, you know, uh, it was very exciting. Sometimes it was, you know, um, 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 uh, sometimes it was helpful, sometimes it was hurting very much. But um, it was our work, you know. It was, uh, we, 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 we had to do our business, we had to do our work. But it was, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I I faced a lot of problems from the security people, from uh, sometimes from the families themselves, sometimes from the people themselves uh, who sometimes doubt about me. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I try to to uh, to explain, to justify. But if we end up in um, if we end up of um, you know uh, end up in no trust, then uh, it's a problem. But uh, we, I survived from all these problems, alhamdulillah. It's the only ones that I had a big problem, but also um, um, I, I, I survived. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, to be able to tell the whole story. I mean, I think stories like the oath. I have a box now, I need in it everything. But um, we, have, uh, we don't have now time, we don't have fund, we don't, but it is there and uh, the... The time, the timeline is there, and the plan is there, and everything is there. The notes are there. The notes of 15 years are there. So everything is okay. I, I think much, much better than the films because the films can't uh, can't give you the the chance to do everything, to tell everything. 
to uh, but uh, everything to, to talk about the the, the big chain, the bigger big chain, the, the 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 biggest big chain, and all these things. So I hope I will do. I will write everything. I will write down in the book everything. Well, I'm hoping you do that. Um... What do you think is the most important story that isn't being reported on Yemen right now or that really needs to be the, getting detention? The most important thing that is not being reported now in Yemen is that Saudi Arabia is committing war crimes and they call it something else. They call it not war crimes. They call it helping legitimacy, restoring legitimacy, and they call it something that is very, very I mean, lies and deceit, very far from the truth. Mm-hmm. So, and this is this will will this will fire, this will 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 backfire. I think on on and rebound on 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 the United States and on those who are supporting these massacres and these war crimes against Yemen, because they use their starvation deliberately. They destroyed the infrastructure of Yemen deliberately as a weapon, as a weapon of war. Mm-hmm. And they starved people as a weapon of war. Now they also destroy the health as a weapon of war. They use, they want to use also coronavirus as a, as a weapon of war. These are crimes mm-hmm. that never, 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 ever uh, have been done at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you're. I know you're tracking all of these, you know, tragedies and all these stories very carefully. But let me ask you: What encourages you? Are there any stories of Yemeni heroes you can share? Yemeni citizens that go beyond and above, you know, to help other Yemenis that you're hearing about. If you mean humanitarian things, there are a lot of things. You know, Yemen now under blockade and starvation and uh, bombings for, for more than five years. But it is still, it is still there, it's still working, it's still functioning, it's still, uh, everything is still there. So this is something that, you know, uh, if you ask, I'll tell you it is the people, it is the people, it is the celebration, it is the people, not, not anyone else, not the uh, international aid. I mean, maybe the international aid is something, not everything. But uh, people are collaborating, people are helping each other. So this is why they are still uh, surviving. Right. Well, Nasser, I I really appreciate you getting on the call even so briefly. And uh, I really look forward to hopefully you can get something written, you know, in all this time that you may have. Um, I will definitely hoping to be talking to you more. Uh, I'm very happy. Uh, to uh, be with you and uh, thank you very much for your interest in Yemen and I hope also to see you here when war is over uh, to see you again I, uh, I, 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 I I feel it that you you like Yemen and you want to, to get back and inshallah when you get back here uh, we will meet and talk inshallah thank you Nasser Rabia it's uh, great to speak to you today thank you very much and to keep my uh, number with you and we feel in contact thank you very much thank you thank you very much Thank you, thank you. We just heard from Nasser al-Rabi, a veteran journalist of 20 years who's currently living in Sana'a, shared about losing many journalists and colleagues to what he called the Saudi Emirati aggression. He told us about the man they called the living martyr who lost 15 family members in an airstrike, which he survived himself, 
Nasser's statements remind us that Yemen's current crisis is a man-made crisis. This is a man-made war where entire families are being killed even while they sleep. Yet what man has started, man can stop. And Nasser says that he believes the Yemeni people enduring this crisis are the real heroes. Nasser has spent the last 20 years telling the stories of Yemenis, including the Yemenis held by the United States in Guantanamo prison who have never been given due process or brought to trial. This includes the stories of Adnan, one Yemeni held at Guantanamo who actually was recommended for release by a U.S. court, but never made it home to Yemen after he was found dead in his prison cell. Nasser also told the stories of those that did years in prison in Guantanamo without being charged and were eventually released back to Yemen. With this background, Nasser tells us that the current COVID-19 outbreak in Yemen is a crisis on top of a crisis and that it doesn't compare with the war crimes committed by the parties involved in Yemen's conflict. As COVID-19 has overtaken headlines in our lives throughout the first half of 2020, Nasser brings us a sobering reminder. Why does the U.S. and Europe continue to fuel the world's largest humanitarian crisis by continuing to sell weapons to the warring parties rather than forcing them to the negotiating table? Why does the world remain silent about the victims of this man-made war? Thank you for joining me on the podcast. And to keep you updated, we'll be publishing new podcasts every Monday and Thursday. My name is Alex Williams, and this is Yemen News.